George. How's it going? We're doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. And in keeping with the fact that we're now doing audio streams of our podcast as well, I'd like to announce that this is Romero Pictures Indie Brigade. Uh, so welcome to it. Joe, once again, great to see you, man. That's a nice uh, that's a nice piece of headgear you're, you got going on there. Well, thank you. Thank that's you. Fancy. What is that? That's, that looks embroidered in high quality. That It definitely is. It definitely is. And let me tell you how it feels wearing it in 70-degree Florida weather. It feels great, doesn't it? It, it does. In, in hot weather, cold weather, it breathes, right? That, exactly it. And, and I don't have to do my hair. No, exactly. No. So tell, where did you get such a great hat? I got this, believe it or not, at RomeroPictures.com. Really? Merch. Yeah. yeah. And, and there, there's a little tab for merch. That's so cool. So our audio issues seem to be fixed. You sound great. How does this sound? I sound like I'm actually. You present. sound like you're in the same room. Hey, that's great. Everything is fixed and wonderful and moving forward. And it's been a good week. You've been doing some decorating for the holidays. I have. I have definitely. We actually do that the day after Thanksgiving. So everything's been up since then. Yeah, a lot of people do that. We have a great show tonight, don't we? We absolutely do. How about that for a segue? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we got Tamara Glenn on and we've got Bill. So it's going to be a great evening. Um, did you have anything to discuss prior to me bringing Tamara? Or? I don't really think so. I mean, everybody's pretty up to speed on everything. We've got some more exciting things happening, but you're going to have to stay tuned for some more announcements because we're not quite ready to go into some of the details about it just yet. Um, but there's some very cool things happening. Uh, it's been a busy week here. Um, and uh, and we're, we're gonna be making a very large sort of scope announcement on January 2nd. So that's gonna be something very cool to look out for. Um, and uh, there, hopefully there's gonna be some people watching tonight and commenting who, who might be on the inside of what's going on, who might not be on the inside of what's going on. So either way, I'm looking forward to Talking to everybody, I'm looking forward to the questions and the comments that come in. And I'm looking forward to celebrating Tamara's birthday with her because today is her birthday. Uh, I've got some disturbing news. What? We're having people say that there's no sound. Hmm. Well, let's see what we can see here. Let's see what we can see here. Huh. If I just go in here and click around on things, I'm getting solid levels across the board. As am I. Uh, maybe it's uh, muted somewhere. Maybe somebody's got their speakers muted. David's saying he hears us loud and clear. YouTube stream has audio. And Re Rebecca Romero saying she has sound. So it only seems like it's affecting certain people for some reason huh uh, right. uh let's see okay if well look no... it looks like most people are getting down so uh i'm not sure what's going on um oh, to i'm just gonna type real fast so everybody can see if you are not getting audio for some reason on facebook please head over to the youtube channel hey look at that uh, just pop right up right there on the screen right out of your head into people's eyes how cool is that right all right so <laughs> uh 
let's uh, move on. I'm going to bring on our very first guest, but first, I, I kind of Facebook stalked her a little, and I took a couple of pictures and stuff, and one of her fans or friends made this up, so I thought it was pretty cool, so it's only going to take a few seconds, I'm going to show it. And just like that, there she is. How are you doing? Hi, how are you? I'm good. Happy birthday. Thank you, guys. It's been such an amazing day. And um, thank you so much for the invite to be on the show with you guys. Oh, are you kidding? Of course, we're thrilled you're here. We're thrilled you're here. Uh, I'm sorry, what? This is a perfect way to end the day, George. Yeah, well, you know what? That makes me happy to hear you say. Uh, You know, what'd you do for your birthday? Tell us about that. Let's start there. So I worked all day. I got up at 5 a.m. Um, <laughs> I did a slight workout, and um, I buried my head in my uh, my web series script. Um, so it was a working it was a working birthday. You know, most people who do what we do birthday. most people who do what we do seem to work on their birthdays. Yes, it was a working. Birthday. They don't they don't seem to be days that we ever celebrate. No. So. <laughs> Well, listen, everybody who's watching obviously knows who you are, knows where you're from, knows all about you. So uh, is there, you know, I'd love for you to just kind of say hello and, and kind of give us a brief, what are you up to these days kind of thing? What's going on with you? Tell us, fill us in and and just plug everything. Um, you know, firstly, this has just been such an awesome, great year um, for me personally and professionally. Um, I started the year off with uh, shooting future shortage um, that will, I believe, be premiered at the Houston Horror Film Festival in June in Houston, Texas. And um, I've also been working with Jake Felch on the reboot, the remake of Savage Vengeance. Um, oh gosh, uh, Terrifier 2. Uh, the Calling of Franklin County, I have coming up next year, sitting next year in New York. Um, right, uh, Stranded, um, a feature film with Sean Burkett. Um, my web series, um, that I fly out on either the 23rd or the 24th of December. I fly out to Omaha, and so I'm there for like two, two and a half weeks shooting. Um, wow. Yeah, heavy dialogue runs and um, episodic style web series. So um, it's a drama, a comedy drama. So I'm just I'm super excited about that. Um, you know, 2020 is packed with more movies, uh, convention appearances. Um, it's it's on fire. I mean, I'm just a ton going on right now. I'm so blessed. So happy. That's un- that's unbelievable. So, I mean, you're working pretty much nonstop, and you know that's something that uh, I'm really interested to talk to you about. You know, um, let me see what 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 are the periods in your life when you have worked the most and the craziest? I'm trying to think of the sort of a direction to go. Before you do that, what I'm going to do is I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to interrupt like I normally do. Well, I'm going to bow out. I've got all these comments over here that I want to start pulling up and I don't want to be rude. So I'll bow out. You guys can look at them um, and we'll take it from there. Awesome. So, you know, over your, over your career, there've been certain times and phases of the industry, uh, you know, and. I want to kind of transition into what we talked a little bit about yesterday with kind of the world of the indie and everything, but, you know, talk a little bit about sort of the ebb and flow that you've seen 
kind of in in the in the indie world, uh, you know, with relation to your own sort of uh, your own career, you know, because you work more than most people I know, and I don't know how in the hell you do it. I, you know, got to keep on going. I'll sleep when I'm dead. Um, no, you know, you know what's happened to me personally. It's it's very interesting what's going on here. The dynamics. Um, this year, I feel like kicked off. Um, what the '80s, the 1980s, yeah. All um, over again. I feel like it's all over again. I feel like it's come full. The cycle is here. I go again. And yeah. The challenge to this this time because I I was blessed to come up in the studio system. You know, right. walk ons and guest spots on you know Miami Vice, Knots Landing, Growing Pains, all those big shows, and then Halloween Five. You know, was my first was my first feature film. Right. Um, and so what's happening now is I'm having to learn the even more so the high end independent. I'm having having to learn indie. Yeah. And that presents a challenge. Daily. It's a good challenge though, right? I mean it's something you love, right? It's constantly evolving. There's never a dull moment. And oh my God, all the amazing people you get to meet and the creative collaborations. And um, it's it's a very interesting time. You know, David Madison just popped in to say that he just loves you. So I thought I'd, there it is right there. Um, he's a pretty awesome guy. He was on an early episode, um, you know, and it's interesting because it is an interesting time in the indie world. And, you know, the brigade is all about the collaboration. You know, and you mentioned coming up in the studio system. And, you know, when we spoke yesterday, we talked about a lot of similarities and kind of how we came up and uh, places uh, that, that we had access to go. Right. Um, you know, sometimes I'm sure you had more access than I did. I was generally sneaking in places and getting thrown out. Um, <laughs> but, I was doing that Teamster thing at Universal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No. Kidding. But, you know, I mean, it's interesting because the indie world is, uh, you know, back then that was kind of what all it was kind of almost indie. I mean, it was, you know, studios were spending money on it, but these movies, they were they were closer to indie productions than big studio productions because they were still small crews. You were talking of crews of like 30, 40, 50 people, Absolutely. which was nothing compared to the big tentpole things. And, you know, uh, what I'm curious to know what you think some of the, the maybe the, the most interesting challenges to you have been to kind of transition into this more sort of down and dirty run and gun indie world. So the biggest thing for me, um, I think it's just working with these skeleton crews. George. Yeah. Um, you know, um, thank you, Lance. Um, you know, it's just back in the day, I mean, no one would have ever even conceived. I mean, who knew it would be possible um, just to pull up in your Prius and pull out, you know, your, your red, your black magic and we're going to make a movie <laughs> and we're going to capture B-roll on the iPhone. Right. Exactly. You know, and, um, <laughs> But so do you like this process? Do you do you like being part? I mean, do you you know, what do you think about the, these new processes and these new technological kind of approaches? Like, do you dig it? Do you think it gives you more freedom as an actor or less or what? But, um, you know, I'm George, I'm old school. I am, too. 
I mean, that's what we were talking about yesterday. And to see, I mean, and I know that so much of this is budget. It's all about, you know, because they're they're operating, I mean, they're doing these movies on minuscule, like little and nothing budgets. And just for the filmmaker to be able to focus solely on the actor, the actress, what's going on here, as opposed to the filmmaker having to wear 15, 20 different hats. Right. That I don't agree with because his focus, her focus needs to be right here. Right. You Absolutely. Know, they're trying to um, even change a camera battery or, you know, whatever the situation is, or they're trying to block traffic and hold that camera and go handheld, you know, all at the same time. You know, my heart goes out to them. And at that point, I just wish I could go, I just wish I could just, oh my goodness, you know, I mean, they're getting it done and they're getting it done as effectively as they can in the time frame that they allotted themselves to work with. Sure. Just imagine if they had a little bit more money, a little bit more, you know, just man, man help, just, you know, the, the, the heartbeat and the pulse to assist them on set. Sure. Well, and I think also what happens when someone like myself goes in, they're already spread so thin with their skeleton crews that it also affects the talent as to the lighting, as to, I mean, there's, there's many dynamics here. Yeah. And I well, think and we're all ahead. working with budget restraint, you know, and budget restraints here that you know, this is a team effort and we all need to like be, you know, I mean, we're coming prepared with our dialogue and we're nailing it and all of that stuff, but they also need to consider what is good for us to look good, to, to, to sound good. Well, that's right. That's right. When I had this conversation yesterday about sound design. Sure. And you, they yeah. just cannot, you know, this is a package deal process. You can be the best, frick, you can, your film can look beautiful. God only knows I've seen thousands of independent films because of my film festival that I co-founded. Um, but, you know, just because that film looks amazing, if you don't have that sound design, if you don't have all these other elements in place. Well, that's right. So, so okay, so I think we found some, uh, a cool thing to talk about here. So let's talk about the relationship between talent and director uh, slash filmmaker, right? Okay, so I want to zero in on this with you because this is, I, I think I identified something that we can turn into sort of a teaching moment here on behalf of the brigade, which you and I have talked about is a big thing with both of us. We really enjoy the idea of teaching people things. So, uh, so I think I found a teaching moment here and I think the teaching moment is about uh, when the, the minute the camera rolls, right? Now, you know, traditionally speaking, and in the system that you came up in and, and sort of the way that films used to be made in the studio system and still are today at the big studio level um, and the higher budget indie level, uh, you know, there's a reason that directors are often isolated from the from a lot of the production. And there's a reason that actors are often isolated from a lot of the production going on around them. And that generally has to do, well, very specifically has to do with the fact that, you know, all of that chaos that happens around a movie set, all of that or, or, organized chaos that happens, uh, it's all for nothing uh, if the minute the camera rolls, that frame is not absolutely perfect, right? 
And whatever that perfect is has to be delineated by the vision of the film. So that that basically means that's the director, right? right. So, uh, and now you've got the talent, which is the literally the most important part of the entire vision because that's, you know, so now you've got to figure out, and, and, and I think what's interesting is the relationship between directors and talent. And, and, and I think you brought up something really important, you know, I mean, I think that in, in the world of, of micro indie stuff that, you know, even if you, if you can't uh, afford a crew or you can't find a bunch of people to come out, then, you know, every, every filmmaker who runs the camera, I think you owe it to yourself and to your talent and to your, and to your film to do all of the stuff you have to do, wear all the 15 hats. But when it comes down to five minutes before you're ready to roll the camera, take them all off, except the director hat and spend time with the talent. And, and, you know, I'm wondering what you think is the most important part about that director talent relationship uh, leading up to the absolute moment when the camera rolls. You know, it's like everything else in life, you know, communication is key. And um, I just, I wish some of these guys would just slow their roll, slow down, um, and really just invest more in the guts, <laughs> you know, those of us that are in front of it, because um, I think that's where some of them are making, making some not huge mistakes. I mean, with there's there's so much raw talent out there that's being developed. Um, I mean, as we speak. Yeah. But I just I think they need to instead of maybe focusing on these artsy fartsy, I'm gonna show everybody how cool I can be with my handheld moves and everything from you know that cinematography standpoint. I think they need to put the camera on sticks. <laughs> solely invest in what kind of performance that they're going to get out of their talent. Yeah. You know, I mean, absolutely. I mean that's just because uh, I mean, look, I, there's a, there, Sylvester Stallone is one of the best at doing exactly what you just said as a director, you know, right. he's actually a phenomenal director and, you know, he has the ability to put a camera up on a pair of sticks and let a scene unfold in front of it. And, and uh, he's, he's really, a, he's a fucking genius at it. And I wish more people would think about that simple approach. You're right. Um, I think we had a couple of questions popped up. Um, but uh, I don't know where they went. I'm having trouble finding things. So, um, oh, there we go. David Madison, are you reading these too? Yeah, I can see it now. I'm not sure what it was like working with Donald Pleasant. So, you know, the interesting thing, David, and thank you for... Um, sitting in with us this evening. Um, uh, I didn't have any scenes with Donald. Donald and I would meet in passing in the makeup trailer and and that was it. So didn't have any scenes together. Well, tell us about a recent experience in the indie world where uh, a, a really great experience you've had recently in the indie world. Oh man. Just one, just like one awesome. I just, I mean, you know, you want to talk about independent, I mean, like a terrifier too. Tell us about that, please. Tell me about a great day on that set. You know, my God, anytime you're working with Damien Leone, 
uh, Philip Falcone, the exec producer, anytime you're working with the guys that are so precious to me, the guys that I've known since the end of 2012, Fuzz on the Lens, Michael Levy, Jason Levy, Steve Delasala, um, they're like my family. And yeah. to be on um, to be on Damien's set, um, you know, uh, I don't want to cry. It was amazing. <laughs> it was amazing because everything is just so spot on. And Damien is one of the most kindest, most just oh, he communicates. And yeah. the team, and you've got the Levies there, you know, like I said, they're the producers, and it's just the energy and the vision is so just, it's infectious. You can feel it. I mean, it's, yeah. Ah, it's yeah. and I'm, I'm so proud of Damien and David and Lauren. And um, uh, I, I wish every set um, could be half as, as what a, a Damien Leon set is. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Dave, David Madison popped in again and said he believes that, uh, Content is more important than setup uh, as a director. Uh, David is a, is a very talented director right. and a good friend of the show. Um, you know, I, I I agree with that, actually. I'm a very utilitarian, pragmatic director. Um, I agree with that statement completely. What do you think about Do you agree with that? Because why, why else are you making a movie? And I think that's also what some of these, you know, indie guys forget. Um, you know, the whole point of this is like, is to tell a story. Um, you're a storyteller. And I think that's also what's lacking out there that um, could have some more punch to it. And um, I think that, I think that overall, the reins need to be tightened a little bit. And instead of, you know, these guys trying to, I know Facebook is a great place for, for bragging rights, um, but it's more impressive if you take your time then these guys that just can't wait to get on there and they're they're directing, they're doing one one movie a month. No, you know what? You're not doing one movie a month because you can't do a movie in a month like that. And you can't be that effective when you do a movie in one month. Right. I mean, I've seen some guys, I mean, I've seen some guys say, oh, I'm doing like 36. I'm directing 36 in a year. I'm like, and you're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's just, um, share your secrets with i mean because you know and it, it's it's all fluff and bullshit you know um, <laughs> I mean, george i told you i <laughs> I love your fucking style i love it so much look here's the thing i agree with you uh here's something you said that i think is i think a phenomenal statement you just made you can't you can't be effective if you're doing too much too fast and trying to overdo it. You can, yeah, you can. I know folks that'll turn out movies like that too. Right. And, you know, at some point, something's going to suffer, right? Everything. Something's going to suffer, whether it's your production value, whether it's your storytelling, whether it's your post-production. Something's going to fall apart. Guys that are, oh my God, I can fix it in the edit. No, you can't. It's like just, everybody just needs to, Slow down. Yeah. Slow down. Well, here's a question from here's a question from Smithson Creations, uh, handcrafted woodworking is a good buddy of mine, Sean Smith Smithson. Uh, he says, Can it also be good to keep talent and production away? Uh, so the talent can improv and scene happens naturally, uh, so to say, and seem more real and staged. 
you know, I think, yeah, and it, that is script. I mean, that's, if you've got, it depends on what you're working on. I mean, is that for, um, non-scripted or is that for, I don't know. I think, I think it's an interesting question to answer from a director and, uh, a, an actor point of view here real quickly. I think from my perspective, uh, I, it's, it's almost on a scene by scene basis. I've done projects where I've kept talent separated from each other. Um, I've done projects where I've isolated talent from the overall bustle of the, of the production, uh, because I felt that that was going to be how I was going to be able to work with them to get a better performance. Um, you know, but, uh, in terms of too much improv, improv is always fun, but it's always dangerous. I've never, so, I've never, um, I've never had that freedom. I've always had scripted material as far as any kind of improv. I mean, um, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's fun, but it's not, uh, it's, it's dangerous. And, uh, you know, it's, it's real easy to well, lose your, lose your thread if you right. do too much. It is so out there because of the nature of the piece, the improv beast itself. I mean, that's also something that can eat up a lot of time. And most yeah. of the time, time is money. Money is time. You don't have that time, that money to burn. That's right. That's right. You <laughs> know, when you, when, when I've, when I've been lucky enough to have full on, um, like production crews, like, you know, first AD, second AD, the whole thing. Um, you know, my days are scheduled in 15 minute windows. Right. And by the time I finish lunch, I can't remember if what we shot that morning, we shot that morning or if it was the day before, because, you know, like, it's crazy, uh, how efficiently everything gets scheduled on a, on a larger scale. And, you know, um, there's not a lot of room for improv when you're scheduling things that tightly, you know, I mean, because, you know, you go an extra 15 minutes into lunch and then you're paying penalties to your. Right. Union members and all that other stuff. And the next thing you know, you've, 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 you've got to move a scene to a day and then you lost a day. And as soon as you lose one day, you lose two, and, you know, and the next thing you know, you're five days behind. Parking lot, just pour gas on them and light them on fire and explain that to your investors and your money people. <laughs> exactly. You know, and you're going back to them and saying, well, uh, we, we did everything we were supposed to do, but I still have some more to do. And, and, you know, nothing makes your money. You know, George, I mean, come on, you know, um, 90% of any film is in the prep. Yeah. And I, and I don't think that people understand that this is not a, I mean, I think so many out there, um, have sadly have this misconception or just this conception of, oh, we'll wing it as we go. And that's just, um, you know, there's, there's a time to, in the film world to mature and, um, and really put the time in, in your prep. And seriously, I mean, I'm 100% all about prep. Yeah, me too. And, you know, I'll tell you, it's interesting to talk about this stuff with you because a lot of this is the is the goal of the brigade. And, you know, some of the stuff we'll be announcing early in the next year uh, is going to be a, essentially a filmmaker resource library. Uh, and that's going to be um, we're, we're going to have all kinds of resources for uh, for indie guys to kind of learn how to step up their game, uh, learn how to do some things that maybe they haven't had some exposure to. Um, and, uh, and, and make some, some really great templates, uh, and concepts and everything available to them, uh, for free. So, um, you know, and I think it's all because of what you're saying. Uh, Joe's popped another question up, right. here, uh, another thing from David would like with everything. Go ahead. Exactly. And that's a good point, David. Um, cause he's talking about with everything in life, you know, 
there are several different levels of indie filmmaking. Yes, I think currently, as we were speaking about last night, George, there's like six or seven <laughs> different levels yeah. of indie this day and age. And, yeah. you know, it just, it, it, you know, you have to ultimately look at your demographic. And to me, it's all about the audience. That's right. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, that's all I care about. I care about my fans, um, you know, and every every project that I'm on, that I've been on, and that I'm currently on, I'm just like, ah, oh, you know, I just, oh, I want the fans to to really follow this, to really believe in it, to, I just, I want that awesome, I want them happy because I'm yeah. in the genre, I'm in film, I know, I know what these people want, okay, and. Um, as, as Tamara drinking milk, Ty, I am drinking vanilla soy milk. Yeah. <laughs> I'm drinking, buddy. Um, but, you know, I mean, to me, it's just like I said, it's storytelling and um, just what appeals to the, to the, whether it's the horror genre, whatever genre it is, you know, it's just, like I said, it's all about telling a story and, and, um, and it's all about fans. Well, you're right. It is about our audiences. And, and, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, my inner creative writes what I write, uh, for myself. Uh, but when it comes time to make it and put it in the world, I have to do that for the audience. I have to do that for the fans and for the people who want to see it. It's like a conversation, right? And you want them to understand what you're saying and you, you want them to agree with your points and you want them to, you know, uh, then you want them to feel good about what, what you're making them. Um, no, I don't think that indie horror requires a genre name to get attention. What do you think about that? Um, since budgets are as micro as they are, I mm -hmm. think it takes genre names when it comes to the marketing aspect because the production budgets will not allow for hardly any marketing. And that's really when you have to go out and you've got to tap into, I don't care if it's me, I don't care who it is that has um, that fan base. I mean, how, I mean, that's just, that's what I've experienced. That's, you know, I'm a, I'm for that. I really am. If I were to go out and direct um, a feature length film tomorrow, I would, you can bet your butt that I'm going to cover my ass. And I'm going to have some names attached to it because I want those fan bases. Well, absolutely. Look, you're talking about marketing. <laughs> I, um, I, you know, I look on the one hand from a marketing and sales point of view, uh, there is obviously a lot more intrinsic value to having name talent attached to a film. Um, I read that question, I think maybe from a little different perspective, um, which was, uh, you know, I don't think the film necessarily needs to have a name to get attention. No, I think I think a film needs to to have names to sell and make money back for your investors, so that you can make a bigger movie um, with more money. You know what I mean? And and I, nobody gives anybody money if they're if they don't think that you're capable of working with name talent. Um, and I think that name talent is extremely important to make your money back. But in, in terms of attention, no, I mean, the indie world was built by people who used unknown talent. And that was the whole point of the indie world was it was all unknowns back when it started, you know, and uh, and and films got attention. I think you just have to be more creative if all you want there's, is attention. There's so many layers to all of this. 
there's just that's one reason it's crazy out there. Like, there's no rules. It's the wild west. It's like we're all playing pin the tail on the donkey. Yeah, I know. You keep saying you said that yesterday. There's I laughed my ass off. Nobody knows. And just about the time you think it's going to go one way, whoop. Yep. Know? I mean. Yeah, and David, you have a good point there too. Film, the you know, although there are some really bad films that have gotten some attention too. Right. I mean, that's, um, that's that's the beauty of the industry yeah. because the films that you don't ever think, and you're sitting there going, "Oh my goodness, it's painful to watch even get through that first five minutes." Uh, they do well in the good quality stuff. Um, I mean, my God, we just live in a different world. I mean, it's just a different time, George. You know that. It's exciting, though. It's exciting. There's so many opportunities and possibilities and ways to get your content seen nowadays. You know? Right. Um, I, I think, uh, oh, let's see. You put 100% in your film. You do amazing jobs in your films. That's for you. Thanks. From Benjamin. Thanks, Ben. And Keith, me too, man. I think that's all any of us want to do here in the brigade. Yeah. We just want to make movies, man. Good work. That's that that the audience will um, something that we do and that whatever will resonate with them. And we just, you know, we all want good. You know, I don't think anyone, or well, I take that back because I know there are some out there that will go headstrong into doing anything for the simple fact that they're going to make a shitty film. But for the most part, the majority of us, um, you know, we we all want to make. We all want to make, we all want to make good movies. You know? Yeah. I mean, whether it's, yeah, I mean, we just, you know, I mean, and we do it from the heart, you know, yeah. sometimes well, that's it, doesn't, it doesn't, I mean, it's, 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 we're, we're all playing, you know, we're all playing roulette, you know? Yeah. I mean, seriously, it's, but all, that's it's all a risk, but at least we're all brave enough, you know, um, to even attempt it because it's crazy. Yeah, but that's the key. It has to come from the heart. It has to come from passion. It has to come from the right place. And and that place, you know, I spent a long time uh, teaching people that that place is what I call their inner, I call it their inner creative, right? right? And you have to train your inner creative to take care of you because as an artist, you have to be able to put yourself in the hands of your inner creative. Uh, and trust that that inner creative is going to lead you down the right path that's going to be true to what you're trying to do as an artist. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And 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 that's what the brigade is about, but there's a business. I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, I mean, that's the beauty of indie is just, I mean, because I, I, I know a ton of filmmakers out there. Um, some are more seasoned than others, but the beauty of this is anytime they have just that passion to just, attempt it mm -hmm. and follow through that's mm -hmm. the an indie because yeah. there so many they will get gung-ho and then three days into this they're like nah i'm like Dude. yeah they're like hey wait a minute this is hard oh yeah it's hard it's tough <laughs> it is not pretty it is brutal <laughs> george i knew this but you can't quit. So anyone that that goes from concept to completion, hands off. I yeah. Mean, seriously, because it it takes balls. It does take balls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, Keith, no. Keith, you need to get after it, man. I see you comment on stuff a bunch. You need to get after it, man. Uh, Angie, George, it is the Wild West, uh, and I love it. Some of the best movies, in my opinion. Are you talking about the indie, just indie film as a general, or are you talking about, like, westerns? No, that's what and she is. Fucking Joe's back, right? Oh, oh, I was trying to let you know that's what she was referring to. <laughs> fucking George. <laughs> Um, and, well, there's like some other cool questions here and everything, but I don't want to interrupt because then oh, you tell go, me. Man, go, jump in. <laughs> I can't catch. I'm having too much fun talking that I'm not catching up to all the comments. All right, we're, we're running a little over, and I just wanted to make sure that everybody was okay with that. I'm putting yeah. her on the spot right now, just so you know. I'm okay. Okay. <laughs> Deer in headlights. I'm okay. All right. Um, there's some Freddy Nightmares questions. Uh, David wanted to know, wow, what was it like doing oh, Freddy's Freddy Nightmares? Nightmares was fun. That was fun. That uh, was fun. Yeah, and the guy that played my boyfriend was a, um, a descendant of uh, our founding father, George Washington. So, um, yeah, and John Lafia um, directed the episode I did. It was called Love Stinks and um, super fun. Ah, and yeah, cool. somebody already knew that. Yes, <laughs> and, and Ty has a good one. How important is the con and festival circuit to the future of indie horror? Well, those are two. Those are two uh, separate circuits. Well, that's a um, because the the circuit that I'm on. Um, I mean, you and you know, I love and I'm forever grateful for um, the Halloween franchise. I mean, that, I mean, this franchise has given me so many amazing, beautiful opportunities after, I mean, 2019 was the 30th year anniversary for H5. And I mean, I mean, this is a dream come true. I mean, right. honestly, and there's not a day that goes by that I don't pray and thank, you know, the father above and say, thank you, God, for just all of this, because without social media, without me personally having to move back to LA and like do all this, um, I, I don't know. Um, it's for me being a part of the Halloween franchise. I mean, that's why people um, work me for conventions, and it's easy. I mean, that's just as far as if I didn't, and I'm not even sure that I'm saying this right. So bear with me if I'm not tying. But if I wasn't, if I did not have a major horror franchise attached to me or on my resume, I don't even know that. I would even be, even even have an opportunity to be on the circuit. Does that make sense? Because I'm yeah, it makes to makes total in, sense. Yeah, I'm going in 100 percent of the time representing Halloween Five, representing the Halloween movie franchise. So okay, so that's interesting. Let's talk about that real quickly. So uh, you go you you go in representing Halloween, the Halloween franchise. How much of how much of the rest of you do you get to represent when you're at these things? Um, maybe 3% of <laughs> that because everything is still, you know, and it's a multi-generational, um, you know, the, the beauty in this and the reason I love con so much is because you will have, like, like I said, it's multi-generational. You'll have, you know, this entire, you know, from an 80 year old family member to like a seven year old. Um, and they've just grown up watching you know, the Halloween movies and we've all been in their lives for so many, all these years. And it's just, it's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. awesome. Well, that's very cool. Yeah. Uh, Joe's back. 
I am. And I could go on all night with you guys, but yeah, we man. do have another scheduled guest. I do apologize. Not at so. all. Not at all. I want to thank you so much for coming on tonight, Tamara. And it just means the world to me that you spent your birthday with us. And I, I've thoroughly I enjoyed talking to you. And I'd rather spend it with you guys. Well, Next thank you so you much. And your headgear. Well, well, thank you. And please yeah. let us know where we can find you on social media and what cons are coming up. I'm um, going to give you the full floor. I mean, uh, you can follow me on my personal page uh, or add me as a friend, or you can go like my fan page, or you can go follow me on Instagram. And the cons that are coming up, um, there's too many that I can think of right now off the top of my head. I know that I'm at Cold Classic Convention um, in Texas, uh, Valentine's Weekend 2020, and I know that that's the con that's on the, on the books too off con season so um it's gonna be a very 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 exciting year and thanks you guys thanks for everything i truly appreciate you the fans um everyone it's a blessing awesome well welcome to the brigade and you'll be getting here if you haven't joe hasn't already put you in the uh in the facebook community you'll be getting that link shortly so thank you so All much right. for coming on tonight happy birthday happy birthday we'll see you next time bye, bye. That, that was, was cool. cool. Yeah, ha, ha, I beat you to it. Uh, uh, well, that's my okay. Hashtag blame Joe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. As you know, we all wear many hats here in yeah. the indie brigade. Yeah. Well done. Hey, wow, that is a awesome retro style trucker hat. <laughs> uh, I guess I got to take the hair out now. Uh, this is all movie magic, man. <laughs> I'm pretty super jealous that you got all your shit and I didn't get my shit yet. My daughter wore the hoodie today to school and she got many compliments on it, even though people didn't know what the heck it was. But <laughs> they thought it was badass. They're like the wings. They're like, Ramir, I know what, what the, and she's like, that's really cool. That's really cool. But we got our next guest uh, waiting right now. We got Bill Please Foster. bring Mr. Bill Foster up. I absolutely will. And there we go. Hey, well, how's, how's it going? Texas? How's Texas? Oh, it's awesome. A yeah. warm right now. I hope it stays warm. Yeah, yeah. It gets people don't people don't realize it can get a little cold down there, huh? Yeah, and we've been real lucky. Last week or so, it's really cold. It's seventy-eight degrees today. We're looking at sixties tomorrow. So keep our fingers crossed because we're filming this weekend. So hopefully, it stays oh. nice. <laughs> so uh before we start talking about what you're filming this weekend uh what i'd like to have you do is introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about the film that you just finished okay and uh and what we're gonna maybe talk a little bit about here with regard to that you bet i'm bill foster uh just finished a feature-length movie called showdown on the brazos it's a western set in 1880s and uh it's been a lot of fun filming that i've learned a lot and you know I wouldn't call it started out as a, as a learn some turn fall ago micro uh, budget, but it turned in a lot, lot more than that. When I finally sit down and finished it up. Uh, if I told my wife it was going to cost that much, I don't think we'd ever got it started, but. <laughs> <laughs> but All right, so. it and, uh, and we're in post-production. We're about 80% through right now is rough cuts. And so I can't wait to see it all put together. And, uh, you know, life's been a dream. I, I, I spent 33 years in, school business and education and 
and retired in January 2016. I started playing then, and little did I know is going to turn into this. Uh, it's it's bigger than playing now, I guarantee you. But still love every day of it. Yeah. Well, listen, let's talk about that for a second. So you retired and then decided to become a filmmaker. Yes, sir. Right. And, 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 uh, you know, I was in second or third grade, and, and the teacher was going around the room asking everybody what they wanted to be. And I was going to tell them a movie star because I loved John Wayne and Elvis Presley back then. And uh, the girl beside me said she wanted to be a movie star, and everybody laughed at her. So I said, I'm not going to say movie star. I don't want anybody laughing at me. So I made something up. And then, you know, you go on, grow up, and you get the job like everybody tells you you're supposed to do. And I spent 33 years there doing teaching, principal, superintendent, and then retired. And And I was sitting there one night and saw an open casting call for The Sun, and which eventually starred Pierce Brosnan in it. And I thought, well, if I'm real lucky, I might get to be able to walk across the street or something. Little I know I was going to get cast as a featured extra. And uh, so uh, that kind of lit the fire under me and really did uh, – get me going as far as the acting acting world well yeah but that now you're you're doing more than acting i mean you you made a showdown on the brazos you mm -hmm. directed this you know yeah. and this is this is a technological marvel the stuff i've seen of it listen the stuff i've seen of it that you shared were, were nice enough to share with me looks phenomenal thank you and, uh you know and i'm i'm I, you know i can't wait to see the finished rough cut man and i can't wait to see the finished film you have something uh, that I I think a lot of people are struggling to figure out how to get, um, you know, and so, you know, maybe talk a little bit about, you know, your process and your gear and your kit and, um, okay. you know, what, what you had to pull together to pull this thing off. Yeah. And I know, I know somebody asked me a question. It's called showdown on the Brazos and you can actually uh, go on YouTube and see our trailer. And the cool thing about that trailer, we made that trailer after just two days of filming. And but it started out just four or five actors. I wrote the script. It was only about 30 pages long. And I thought, oh, I'll just shoot a trailer or a little bit of the movie with an iPhone, at, at, you know, that micro uh, indie budget. And all of a sudden it, it blew up and we have over 200, probably pushing 250 actors in it, counting extras and everybody. We ended up with a full crew, a film crew. We use a uh, black magic camera for everything. Uh, and we hire a sound crew. We don't depend on the camera to, you know, I, I know some indies use the sound that's in the, ca you know, in the camera itself. We use actually sound system. That's probably one bit of the hardest deals is always securing a, a sound person because, you know, they're busy during the week. We were filming on weekends. Uh, but, in, and just a side note, it got so hot one day when we was filming, it melted a camera down. Poor <laughs> kid that I hired, he had two cameras. Now he has one. But, uh, <laughs> And I hired this kid when we decided we needed to do this in, in, in full, you know, not just a little bit. We wanted to go full at it. And I hired this 21-year-old kid. I was really impressed with him, my wife, and several others said, you don't need to hire, hire somebody that young. But I did it for a couple of reasons. One, I was impressed with him. Two, I wanted that uh, age group to see what they wanted to see in the movie. And then we've used a lot of natural lighting outside. We've got to, of course, go back and adjust some of it. But we've tried to keep everything as natural as possible. I like to pride myself on some of the camera angles that we'll use uh, throughout the movie. I, try, I like to use some POV angles of it. I like to get down on the camera down on the ground and look up, get camera down on the ground, look at some things falling. Uh, but 
you know, me, Larry uh, Welsh, my co-star, he and I just got to be really good friends through this whole process. And I think you'll be able to tell that on the, on the movie also. And Josh, my cinematographer, uh, he's lived with us for a while, you know, and we'd edit at night. And, and so, uh, and he, his career has really taken off. He was basically homeless when I hired him. And now his career has really taken off. In fact, he should be here just oh, any time tonight because we're kind of gathering here at my, my vineyard to uh, get ready for the film tomorrow. But it's been a really neat uh, adventure going forward. And I've learned an unbelievable amount. Yeah, I know when we had a phone call the other day, um, you know, about some business that we're, we're hoping to get off the ground together. Um, you know, I got to tell you, you didn't sound like somebody who's only made one movie, man. Oh, thank you. You, you know, uh, <laughs> and uh, it was really cool because you've had a level of success with this film already um, just in, 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 the, in, in the direction that you've taken it with the attention you're getting. And I think that that comes from the fact that it's completely transparent that you did all this for the right reasons, you know, and that kind of leads me into your next project. Um, that also is very, very appealing to me for a lot of the reasons that people will understand. But, um, you know, before we talk about the next one real quick, you know, I mean, what were some of the biggest challenges you pulled off a Western film for the budget you, 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 you know, you had, and you had 250 people in this mm -hmm. movie. How in the, I mean, like, how did you wrangle that? That must just be such a sense of community or you must be like the nicest fucking guy on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think, uh, in the two years or three years, I did a lot of independence for everybody. You know, I just got to meeting a lot of those people in the background with me and, you know, built that family and uh, it, it does spread. And, you know, some, I didn't realize it, but a lot of them say I'm an actor's director and I, that's a new term I learned. But, uh, you know, I tried to take things off the other sets. You know, I've been on some really big sets, you know, Fear the Walking Dead, uh, The Sun, uh, Lead a Battle Angel, and tried to take things that I didn't like off those and tried to change those on my set and things I did like, I tried to transpose those onto my set. And uh, so we just try to make, you know, we try to tell everybody we're going to have fun. We're going to make a great movie and we're going to, you know, try to feed you. And we yeah. were able to accomplish all of that. And, you know, that we do have a group of reenactors. We got those involved. They're always really neat to help out. You know, everybody wants to be in a movie, but they, you know, just because they want to be in a movie doesn't mean you, you have to include them. But, you know, we're fairly selective on who we who we got in our movie. They had to have a certain look. That's what I realized real quick is the look people bring to the table. Ninety percent of its look, 10 percent of its talent. And uh, so, you know, if they don't look the right for the part, it's, it's not going to be pulled off. And so I had these images in my mind. And, and as they'd come up and uh, I'd say, oh, man, that person has a part. And one guy. I wrote a part just for him because he said his name. He said, I'm five foot six and I want the part of such and such. Well, I'm six foot five. And so I, I said, I, I, you're not got, you didn't get that part, but I'm writing you one. So we really took the camera angle on his height and my height and really transposed it into a really neat, funny scene about how he's not going to let me in the saloon. And when I walk up to him, he's kind of like, uh, you know, <laughs> what can I do for you, sir? <laughs> you know? And so it, and as I would get new talent, I would try to, you know, make a, uh, a character for him and build those characters up. I like to fell out of my chair when Jeff Davis answered my casting call, you know, 
you know, coming out of Hollywood, when he came on set, that upped everybody's level. Uh, everybody got better when he got on set. And so we just had a lot of fun. Good Lord's bless us with wonderful weather. We had a lot of heat, but as far as the cold in the wintertime or really wind blowing or rain, we just was really lucky and missed all that. Yeah, well, that's good. I mean, you know, but, you know, it's interesting you said something a minute ago. You said that you basically just looked at the sets you'd been on and watched how they worked and you brought stuff you liked and you avoided stuff you didn't like, mm -hmm. you know, and, and it's interesting because uh, that was something we were talking with, uh, with Tamar about briefly, too, was the fact that, you know, you learn so much more by watching how it's done um, when, you know, on these big level, on these big sort of scales. Uh, and, you know, if you just pay attention and then you got a story that you got to get out, look at you. I mean, it, like you, you just went and did this shit and, uh, and no one, nobody going to stop you. And I, and I, have, I, have, I have a hell of a lot of respect for you for that. You know what I mean? I don't know if that's ignorant or hard headed or what, but you know, there was times I, I didn't really think I could do it. You know, from the time that Josh and I met and decided that was in February, I had back surgery that June uh, during that recovery time. There's a lot of times I just said, I can't do it. There's not any way, but I had several people on my production team that were actors and production people that just kept saying, you've got to do it. You've got to get the story out that we love the script. You've got to do it. You've got to do it. And so when, once I've got after, once I've healed from that, then I was able to uh, just start doing it. And one thing I said, I was going to do after being a school superintendent, everything I did had to be organized. And I'm not talking about organized to the point where somebody can't step over the line, but I want to be organized. So that way everybody would know their parts and it, we're very productive in the time we have, because you know, as indies and budgets, when you're renting a set, you can't lollygag around. You, you That's can't right. go there and try to decide your shots for two hours before you film them. When you hit, when you hit the ground running, you got to know exactly the shots you want and Josh and I worked really to get well together, being the age difference that we are. We'd finish each other's sentences. Uh, it's really amazing how well we've worked together. And that Aunt Reed, uh, she's really helped me a lot. And, of course, can't forget to tell my wife. She jumped in there and has worked. Never been, she'd never been on a set until we started filming Showdown. And oh, yeah? So she she's learned a lot, but she's uh, jumped right in there. In fact, she's gone to get some props right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, told her, I, said, I don't think I can make it back in time. If you don't mind going and get these props for this weekend, I'll, I'll pack or clean the house or something while you're gone. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's move on and talk about what's coming up next and, okay. and, and, and some of the things about it that are extremely cool. Yeah. The, the one we're filming this week, it's a, actually, we kind of do things a little backwards. A lot of people film short movies before they film their first feature. Of course I filmed my feature and now I'm going to film a short movie. But I, okay. I really, you know, I, I don't, when backing up, everybody want to know their title when they got on feature, I mean, on a, a showdown. And I said, I'm not really worried about what your title is. I want, this is what your job's going to be. We got a job, you got to do it. And so I, I do things a little different that way. And so when I had, I've had this story in my mind for years and I finally figured out who I wanted to play certain ones. And so I, I after I talked to him, uh, the man's going to play my deputy. I came in and I sat down and wrote it one afternoon. Now I've refined it since then. It's called I've Got Your Six. And my wife's helped me a lot on this one, too. She, In fact, she came up with the title. And it's about a ever everybody in front of the camera is a veteran, military veteran. 
there's not going to be not one extra, not one main actor, not anybody in front of the camera that's not a military veteran. And we've got probably 85 or 90 veterans right now signed up to be in this movie this weekend. And it's it's about a World War II veteran, and he's in the nursing home. He sees a newspaper where they're going to uh, convert some worthless land into a shopping center. Well, he quickly realizes the worthless land they're talking about is his old farm. And so he escapes from the nursing home, and we pick it. We actually picked the film up where he's sitting on the side of the road looking at his farm. And the deputy that finds him is an actual Iraqi war veteran. And so they hit it off right away. The conflict going on is the chief back at headquarters is not a veteran. So he doesn't know, uh, you know, how important time together is and all this. And so he keeps telling the deputy, you need to bring him in, call an ambulance, take him back to nurse to home, whatever. And the deputy won't do it. And in every small town, everybody has a scanner. And so they all listen to the, the local police arguing. And so all of a sudden, this army of volunteer veterans that's been hearing this argument on the scanner drop everything they do and come to stand behind this man that's sitting on the side of the hill looking down on his farm. And that's why we call it I've Got Your Six, because they're all getting behind him and uh, protecting him. Well, that sounds amazing. The story sounds phenomenal. And I love I love what you're doing, man. I Thank you. I love I love what you're doing and it falls right in line with what you know what I'm trying to do with the veterans compound and you know I, Bill I'm telling you I I feel like you and I got a lot of conversations coming up. You bet. <laughs> and this is a nonprofit everything we make if we make anything from it will go to a veterans organization. We've already partnered with Texas Veterans Outdoors uh, looking to partner with others to if you know depends on the money coming in. I don't want to partner with three of them and make three dollars and everybody gets a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, I have a feeling. I have a very strong feeling that when this one's done, it's going to do exactly what you're hoping to do. It sounds. Oh, uh, you. I'm and telling we, you, it's powerful. We want it to bring awareness to the veterans, not necessarily to you know. I'm not a veteran. I wished I was. I came so close to joining two or three times, but. Uh, we want to bring awareness to let them know there's a full network out there when they feel alone. Some have said the suicide prevention, some said just the lonely, the depression of it. But I just want to realize that there's a whole network. All they've got to do is reach out and there's veterans everywhere that can help them of all ages, race, sex, you know, everything that they can find some help if they need it. That's right. Uh, we got a buddy, uh, a buddy of mine who's a vet uh, in the comments right now. Uh, Ross Lang, uh, he's got a couple of questions for you. Was it the okay. one I want to first? He says that that you're super inspiring, but his question for you is: uh, Was it hard for you to delegate work to um, to others after working uh, so long doing it yourself? Yes, yes. Uh, and my wife gets on to me all the time saying, "You've got to get all this out of your head and get it to other people so they can do it for you." And you know, in your previous guest, Miss Glenn, there was talking about. Uh, trying to do too many things. And I tried not to do that. You know, I was acting and directing in, in showdown, but I tried to let everybody else do everything, you know, everything but that, you know, and, but on this one, all I'm going to be doing is directing. And so I made up the data sheet and sent it to Aunt Reed, who's my assistant director on this. Her and my wife got the call sheets out. Uh, and so, you know, that was out of their hand, out of my hands. And they're really pushing me to, to just direct on this one. And that's, that's what I can't wait to do. I really had fun. I th I'd say it's 60, 40 right now, 60%. I like directing more than I do acting just a little bit, but it sure is fun to be in front of that camera, you know, get to dress up and do up, you know, be that bad guy or good guy or whatever, you know, and shoot guns and go out in the world blazing. But 
I like the artistic side of the director where you can really create that uh, artwork with people and dialogue. Yeah, yeah that's where I, I'm much more comfortable behind the camera. I, I've, uh, you know, I've done little cameos here and there and things that I've made, but uh, I'm, I'm a behind the camera guy through and through. I came up a roughneck and uh, that's how I'm going to go out. So uh, I'll do it from behind the camera. Yeah. Make your own rules. <laughs> That's right. So, well, George, I was hoping this was my wife, but no, apparently not. Um, oh, she must be drunk. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, no, that's no. She, I am the luckiest guy in the world to be married to her, and uh, everything just kind of finally, finally happened the other day. So now it's official. She is now officially a Romero uh, in the eyes of the the world. And, and all the legal systems. So, and we don't know whether to congratulate her or. Huh? Yeah, I know, right? My name. Sorry. Bill, this is for you. We've got Angie. Bill, the fact that your background is different from a lot of other writers and directors makes you so unique, and that is great for us fans. Well, thank you very much. And you know, when I, I've been writing quite a while, but it was all usually at night because I had the 24 seven job in school and that was a really a release to me some. And, and so I've written two or three novels, but uh, had one published, had a play published and produced this last spring. That was really fun watching it uh, become to life on stage. I did, I had nothing to do with it. I stayed, I told him I don't want to be there as far as trying to tell you what to do. I'm just going to show up when it comes on stage and, and we, they performed it nine times with nine standing ovations. And so, and it was a, basically a veterans also, but uh, thank you very much. I, I, it is a little different background, and I waited till I retired because being superintendent and principal is kind of a political side of it that most people don't realize. And so I didn't want people thinking I was writing when I was supposed to be doing the school work. And so I tried, tried to keep the two separate. I think that that experience probably gave you a unique perspective as a director that a lot of people don't have too, Bill, because you know there is such a political side to getting a film. Mm -hmm. When you get all these people showing up on your crew and on your set, and all you need to do is get what you, it's in, what's in here, into here, there's so much politics that has to go into it. I'm sure that that experience probably played a lot of benefit to you on set, right? Yeah, and working with people, you know, uh, had 160 employees at my last job that were all under me, and and being able to talk to either all the way from the janitor to the assistant superintendent and be able to get what you needed out of them to do their job best. And, and that, I think that played in more, you know, yeah, the organization, the, the, the funding, the budget and all that, most people don't see that as y'all know, you, you know, until you get on set and that's when everybody's there. And I think being able to work with people and getting the most out of them is the main thing and try not to make any of them mad, but you know, cause uh, we, we, we had a few little deals, but uh, that keeps them happen every once in a while. Like you said, you got your vision and, they want to make their vision like one. Uh, I said, sir, uh, didn't I send you lines? <laughs> <laughs> he had lived the whole day. He said, yeah, you want me to use them? Uh, I to you for a reason. <laughs> this hat stuff is killing me. Sorry. All right. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. So, uh, you know, but the good thing is in the editing, if it doesn't turn out, then, you know, it just doesn't turn out. But. 
So I got a couple of comments on here, and some of them I don't completely understand, and I don't know if it's going to make sense to you guys or not. Uh, well, this one makes complete sense, Sean saying. That'll be an awesome film. Thank but you. TVC, I don't know what that is. The Veterans Compound. Oh, okay. Oh. You remember all those documents I sent you with a file name that starts with TVC, Joe? Remember that? Remember all right, that? you guys rock. I like this one. <laughs> and um, here's that strange lady again. Yeah. <laughs> Tell Thomas I love him. You have a selfie. Yeah. And uh, we got Keith saying, my face belongs behind the camera. Brother, I feel you. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, Bill, why don't we tell everybody where they can find you, where they can track your what's going on, where they can watch everything you're doing, and where they can see what's coming up. Okay. Uh, like I said, we've got a YouTube uh, trailer out. And if we put another trailer out, we'll put it on YouTube also. Uh, I'm on the IMDB page. I've got my own page there. Showdown on the Brazos has his page. And then on Facebook, of course, we've got my own Bill Foster and then uh, Showdown on the Brazos. And then we've got I've Got Your Six Facebook page. So we use social media a lot. Uh, when we first turned out our first trailer and I had 300 views, I was jumping for joy. Little did I know we'd have 14,000 plus views already. So, wow. oh, right. Between uh, YouTube and Facebook, it's, it blew up and uh, it's been it's been unbelievable. Well, Bill, I'm proud to know you, and I'm just so happy to see what you're doing, man. And well, thank you. Uh, and and I'm looking forward to continuing this conversation. And hopefully, you'll accept the invitation into the brigade community on the Facebook there, and and make yourself available to people who might have questions or anything like that from a kind of mentor point of view. That'd be great. You and bet. from a new filmmaker point of view, we've got plenty of people in there for you to ask questions to too. Thank you. So uh, you know, I can't thank you enough for coming on tonight, man, and spending some time with us on Friday night. I wish you nothing but the best. Dean is here. Uh, I didn't realize Dean was here. Um, and, uh, you know, that's it, buddy. Thank you so much Thank for you. coming on. Appreciate it. Have a good night. See you. See y'all later. See ya. This was fun, man. Yeah, man. It was a good show. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Terry, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Late comment from Terry. Congratulations on the films, Bill. Looking forward to seeing more. Did you freeze up? Hello? No, I'm just fucking with you. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> See the shade of red? <laughs> That's not special effects, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> wow. All right. Uh, so we got a couple of comments for us. Uh, George and Joe, great podcast as always. Thank you very much, Sean. I enjoy learning from you all and the guests. It is very interesting to me and cool. I learn something new every time. Awesome. Thank you, Sean. I that is the Sean. whole point. Uh, and we've got Matt, who is a past Matt. guest, who we need to get back on with his wife. Libby shouted out earlier. Um, I don't know if you saw it or not, but yes, we need to get them both back on because was a little bit of a debacle on that show because we were trying to incorporate too many of their friends in and not enough about them <laughs> well but you know what there's also crazy stuff going on with their project too i've been seeing announcements all over social media so i think we should get them back on and get a little like update a little indie brigade like status status report where are they now yeah report in indie brigade report in 
<laughs> All right. You got anything else, sir? Yeah, no, you do. Well, Where can they find us on social media? Oh, well, the easiest place right now is Romero Pictures because that has links to everything. Um, from there, you can go to, or, or if you don't want to do that, you can go to Linktree slash Romero Pictures. Uh, and that has all of our relevant links to everything. One of the two of us worked very hard to centralize all those links. <laughs> touche, my friend. Touche. <laughs> Mainly just so I could remember it. <laughs> but then he'll ask me for the username and password. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, so I think that that's it. You know, get on Facebook, share it, please. The big thing that I'd like to get across to anybody who's trying to help is uh you know share it and and do more than just the thumbs up like because you know all the new algorithms and everything <laughs> they're ignoring the like because it's too easy they're only tracking and 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 statistics are only relevant to actual what the social platforms deem as interaction so anything beyond just a thumbs up is appreciated commenting is even better and sharing is what we really need because we are working to get these numbers up uh, because we're going to announce some very huge things on January 2nd, and I would love for our subscriber base to be um, a lot bigger than we're at right now. And Absolutely. We're doing great. YouTube, subscribe, hit the bell button. That would help out immensely. Yes. Make a comment on YouTube. We will gar guarantee we'll see it, and we'll either comment back, we'll like it, we'll love it, and we, we very much enjoy the participation from everyone well said joe not really but you get the gist <laughs> <laughs> all right are we good everybody We're good. Everybody? all right well until next time fuck off <laughs>